Well, this is an appropriate time, I guess, to um, get into the second installment of this series that we are in. Speaking of inviting people to church, love thy neighbor. One of the best ways you can love your neighbor is to invite them to the family of God. Amen. Okay, I got two people with me. Amen. I'm on church. It's okay to amen me down. All right. We're a charismatic church. We like to be shout at. Like I'm a pastor that likes to be like, amen, brother. It just helps me boost my ego a little bit. No, I'm kidding. I don't need that. Um, but if you were with us last Sunday, we started a new series uh, start, uh, titled, excuse me, Love Thy Neighbor. And we're going to continue that conversation all through the month of June because we feel like God is bringing us back to um, just the heart of an evangelist, if I could be so frank. We feel like this next season is going to be a season of us proactively going out and reaching people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, so before we do that, we gotta get some things straight about loving our neighbors, right? We gotta kinda lock in and understand from a biblical framework what love is. There's a lot of people trying to define it in our culture, right? There's, there's a lot in Hollywood and in music trying to tell us what love is, but how many know that God holds the corner market on this word called love? He defined it so well in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Don't turn there before we get there. Let's look at some verses that we looked at to start the sermon off last Sunday, if you were here, uh, in John. Turn with me to the Gospel of John. If you don't have your Bibles, shame on you. If you do, just look at the overhead. No, I'm just kidding, just kidding. But bring your Bibles to church, right? It's good for you to see those words yourself. I know it's a little dark in here, but you're young. You'll manage. When it comes to our witness of Christ in the world, we often overlook the fact that people are watching, just in case you weren't aware of that. Uh, people are watching us. They're watching to see how we relate to one another as Christians. They're not watching um, or paying close to our theology. They're not paying close attention to our Sunday productions, right, and our, our programs. They're not even paying all that much attention to our slick YouTube slash Coldplay rip-off ways of doing worship. You can laugh there. It's true. You know it's true. You know it's true. They're looking at the way we love. That's what they're doing. And that, unbeknownst to us, that may come as a surprise to some of us, but in our culture today, friends, man, it is hard to really find people that love one another. I mean, just pop on the news, <laughs> okay? Um, it, it is a very polarizing era that we live in, uh, and, and a lot, it almost seems almost more popular to hate than it does love. And so the world naturally is looking for somewhere, uh, to someone to kind of define, and more than define, to actually see what love is. And uh, I know certainly for me, uh, in my salvation experience, that's the truth. I, I, that, 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 I didn't really know it at the time, but as I, I kind of uh, uh, was exposed to a community, a Christian community of faith, I was fascinated by the way they loved one another. Their music didn't impress me. The, the worship didn't really do anything for me. I was a huge musician, into music big time, but that didn't grip my heart and soul. It was the way that these believers loved one another that was so attractive and appealing to me as a non-believer. And ultimately, this is why I'm here today, I believe it wholeheartedly, and this is, comes as no surprise because actually Jesus laid this out for us in uh, John 13, if you're there. Verses 34 and 35. Now, these are two texts that we looked at last Sunday. And so we're just going to read them into record again this morning. So let's get into it. Verse 34, a new commandment I give to you. This is Jesus, words in red, right? This is our Messiah, our Lord and Savior speaking, so we ought to pay attention. He's laying out some commands. These aren't 
uh, observations. These aren't recommendations. These are things that we must do. I'm sorry for shouting at you. I just get a little excited from time to time. It just kind of happens that way. Uh, forgive me. I'm not yelling at you. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this, here's the key verse that we're going to focus in on today. By this, by what? By the way we love one another. They, all people, will know that you are what? My disciples. Pretty simple, right? Speaks for itself. If you have love for one another. Now, interestingly to the text here in verse 35, the word know, if you're curious, means uh, to acquire more information. Not interesting. Uh, To... To, to have a familiar, or to be familiar, excuse me, with, uh, uh, with through personal experiences. I probably butchered that. But I, I like the first meaning of the word uh, in the Greek. To acquire more information. You ever notice that love leaves you curious, you know? It, when, when you encounter it, if you've ever been touched by it, I mean, I'm, I'm sure if you're dating, if you're married, you certainly know the first kind of exposure. When you were introduced to that special someone, you were probably got hooked and intrigued and curious to kind of follow through and see what was there. You following me? You tracking with me? You dig it? I'm married. I dig it. That's what I did with my wife. It took me like eight years, but I did it. You know, I was curious. I had to press in and see if there was anything there. It's a long story. You can meet with me after and talk about it. But love leaves people curious. If you've ever been touched by the power of love, you know that it leaves you craving more, doesn't it? You know, rather that's a relationship, an intimate one, or just a friendship. There's something that is intriguing and appealing, and you kind of want to press in and experience it more frequently in your life. Especially um, as we see displayed in Christian communities, right? I mean, uh, again, just sharing my own uh, experience as as I came to faith, I was intrigued, and, I, and this is exactly what I did with this community. I wanted to press into more to see what was motivating this community to love each other so well. It wasn't necessarily that there was anything appealing about going to their services. I, I, I was still like in the intro of like being exposed to this community, still very much into sin and just very much into this community that just loved me deeply. And I had to, I had to press more into relationship there because I was like, what is it that is motivating these people to love each other so well? And again, this is how it works. Um, it's almost like stumbling across a great product, you know, either on Facebook or, you know, an ad somewhere or commercial somewhere. And, and at first glance, you're looking at it, you're like, yeah, I don't know. Can that product really do that? I mean, come on. You're, there's somebody selling me a bill of goods, but you're intrigued. And, and, and from being intrigued, you look a little bit deeper into that product. And then looking, as you look, looking deeper into that product, you realize, oh, this, this may help me. This may improve a part of my life that needs some improvement. And, and, you know, lo and behold, you go and you buy that product some days later, right? I mean, if you looked at my Christmas list that my in-laws gave me, it, it looked like a Facebook ad. It looked like a commercial. Uh, I, I got like this cool little massager that I swear I saw saw like 30 ads for on Facebook prior to Christmas. And my father-in-law gave it for me. And I love it. I love it. He, he sold me on it. But a good infomercial can leave anyone feeling that way, right? But this is the point, really, all joking aside. Um, there's a massive spotlight that gets placed on Jesus when we love one another. There, there's, there's like this accentuated like boom there's Christ <laughs> you know 
There he is. <laughs> and, it, and it's simply um, the outcome of just believers doing exactly what Jesus commands us to do, is, and that is to love one another. And for some reason, in, in, in our world, in the church, it is hard to do that. It is hard to do that. And I'm not even going to get into those, the specifics of that. But as a pastor, I, that, like, I can't believe how many relationships, j- just uh, being a church of only eight years old, like, like how many relationships get ravaged and broken down and beaten up and changed just because they couldn't do what Jesus commanded us to do. It's costly to love one another. It, it's not easy. And the point of last Sunday, sermon, we kind of drove home that if it isn't easy here, if we're not succeeding here as a body, how dare we go out there? Most likely, if it's not working well in the church, it's not going to work all that well outside of the church. You hear me? I mean, am I, am I preaching to the choir? Amen. So we got to get it right here. We got to get it right as a body of believers and then take it out into the streets. Take it into the streets. Right? So it places a massive spotlight on Jesus. The world pays attention. That they will know you are my disciples if you have love for one another. It's like saying an unbelieving world will seek out more details regarding the source of such love. And we know the source, friends, it's Jesus. And the job description is really easy for us. All we have to do is care and love one another. Sounds easy, doesn't it? But why is something that's so easy so hard? (laughs) Well, I think first and foremost, we have to remind ourselves of these precious truths. Sometimes church life gets so complicated, you know? Maybe I'm just saying that as a pastor and I know the complications of all of this and everything just gets so heavily complex and, and, and once in a while you just need words like these in the gospels to wash over your mind to remind you the simplicity of what all of this is all about. And here we are today being reminded that we are to love one another as Christ loved the church. Love leaves a mark. And again, I I, I think this is especially true when it comes to the love shared between believers. Um, Love between believers uh, reveals Christ, uh, right? They will know you are my disciples. This is what Jesus said. And um, here's, here's really the dilemma here are really where, where things can go south real quick. And what I mean by south is that's not a good place. We want to go north. We don't want to be taken south, right? But, but, but Paul mentioned it. This is another text that we talked about last Sunday in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, 1 through 13. Is it okay to read 13 verses in a charismatic church? Okay, good. Let's do that. Just didn't know. Just didn't know. Sometimes I, I, I question. I, I don't know. I don't know. I want to hear more of the Bible in the church today, in the charismatic church. But before I, but before I read these 13 verses, let me just set the, the, the kind of premise of what I'm going after here. Uh, I often, and I'm sure there's many here like me, underestimate the power of the gift of love. It's a gift. Paul says it's a gift. It, it's to be no more um, devalued 
or undervalued uh, like the gift of prophecy. Now we're, we're a church, we just went through three weeks of leveling up. We're talking about hearing from God, speaking for God, you know, being prophetic people, I love it. But here it is, love is just as important, if not more important, than the gift of prophecy. Let me say that again, because some of you need to hear it, and I'm, oh, some of you need to be here. So if you're watching online, let me tell you, let me tell you, some of you be worshiping at the altar of prophecy, like that is the only thing that matters. And here's the kicker, very important, right? Above all, desire to prophesy. Paul's saying, I wish you all would prophesy, but do you notice that word wish, <laughs> right? But let me tell you something that we can all do. If you can't prophesy, most likely you can love, you know? And here it is. Love is the chief, it's the hallmark, it's the pinnacle of all the gifts. And without love, Paul says, all the gifts are useless. So we can excel in tongue talking, interpreting all mysteries, prophesying, and being a spirit-filled people, which I am for, by the way. But I'm also for being biblical, all right? I'm also for, for adhering and being a biblical man of God. And as far as I see it, those gifts that sometimes we, we obsess over in the charismatic church, they're secondary. And the gift that we don't make much of is first place, and that is love. It is an important gift, and we should desire it above all. It actually complements the gift of prophecy. It makes it look better sound better and feel better and all the other gifts as well. Let's read verse one of first Corinthians chapter 13. If I speak, you guys know the text. I had a Joe Biden moment there. You know the thing, um, but <laughs> sorry, I'm not dogging on him. Okay. I just started the video. If you're a Joe Biden fan, it's all right. It's all right. You, you can like him. I'm just saying, I just want to say, you know, the thing, cause we, we know this first, we hear it at weddings, you know, this is like the chief, like 13 verses at every wedding you've ever attended, right? We got it. But do we really got it? Do we really got it? Have we reduced this to just like a wedding type text? Or are we really immersed ourselves in the teaching of these 13 verses? Where, where, where we are, um, where we are uh, intensely, I guess, for lack of better words, Loving one another. Here it is. If I speak with the tongues of men and angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong and a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. Could you imagine that? I mean, right out the door, we just got to pause there. Because in, in the Western world, we think if you have those things listed, You've arrived, Jack. We're coming to your meetings. We're going to fill up, you know, your altar calls. We're going to get impartation. Man, if you can just do, if, you, if we just get me around a prophetic person, everything will be all right. Get me around some tongue-talking, Holy Spirit-filled believers. And, and we kind of almost idolize, don't we, these gifts to the point where 
the noise of the gift alone kind of drowned out what's most important. And Paul says here, if I can do all these things, but I have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have and I deliver up my body to be burned, but I have not love, I gain nothing. I have nothing, I've gained nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing. Oh, that will preach, but it rejoices in the truth. My, 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 my. This would preach to our culture today. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. As for prophecy, what? They will end. They will pass. As of tongues, it will cease. As of knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, we prophesy in part. Skip with me down to verse 13. For, for na- so now, sorry, faith, hope, and love abide. These three but the greatest of all of these is love. I, I remember um, prior to becoming a pastor, uh, the company that I worked for um, was starting to grow and the jobs were becoming bigger uh, where um, you know, we were just doing small additions to full-on building houses. And so as our um, you know, clients uh, got bigger and the work got bigger, um, you know, what we used to be able to go to a job in just our truck now kind of ended with us like our truck and some big long trailers to get our tools and supplies there. And I remember it was a new job. I just had left um, my father's company after working for him for 14 years. And I really wanted to impress this new company. And, and they were telling all their workers, hey, listen, you got to tow, tra- tow some trailers with your trucks. And you, are you guys familiar? Because if you've ever, ever towed trailers, it's a pretty complex, um, you know, uh, uh, thing. Uh, you you got to drive a certain way. You got to turn a certain way. Even when you back up, it's crazy. I won't even get into the details. Uh, and I, because I really wanted to impress these guys, was like, yeah, yeah, I got it. Now, mind you, I've never towed a trailer in my life right up to this point. I'm like, but I'm like, you know, how hard are you? I'll YouTube something. I'll get some knowledge. I mean, God, it's got to be pretty easy, right? So I'm like, yeah, I'm your man. I got you. And, and lo and behold, they just decided to stick me with a 24 foot trailer. That's massive. I'm thinking like maybe a six by 12 or something like that, you know. They, they, they hooked me up with a big old trailer. And, um, you know, I got there and, you know, I started hooking the thing up. And, you know, I'm trying to you know, remind myself of these YouTube videos and these Google things that I did. And I'm like going through the hookup process. And if you've ever hooked up a trailer, the hookup process in and of itself is pretty elaborate. It is pretty intense. Um, but this is new for me, and I, I'm thinking I'm getting it all right. And there was this little pin. Now, I'm going to try to explain this the best that I can because I don't know all the terms. I've been pastoring now for about 20-something years, uh, so I, I've been out of the trade for a long time. Uh, but um, the, the, the toe arm on the trailer has this kind of like place where um, the trailer's hook, I guess you would call it, that has a little ball on it, the, this arm comes like over the ball and kind of like clamps uh, on that ball. Uh, Lily Carly will fill you in with more information. I think somebody just hit hers a couple days ago. I saw her Insta story, so just catch up with her. She'll, she'll, she'll fill in all the blanks for you. Um, but um, in, in, in that little cup that kind of fit over the ball, there was this little pin uh, that I kind of took out and I dropped into the heavy grass. And I'm, I'm thinking, that's a pin. I mean, how important could that be? And I'm fishing around. It's getting late. I'm like, I got to get this thing going. Uh, so I, I, I'm, I imagine it's just a little pin. Surely this little pin 
does not matter all that much. It's, this is a big trailer. I think I got it all right. So I'm just going to go for it. I'm going to go for it. And so I, I take off and I'm feeling pretty good about myself. First time driving with a big trailer, you know, I'm feeling good. Five minutes down the road, I hit a big bump. The trailer just pops off the truck. Yep, it's one of those things. Now, luckily, I did hook up the emergency um, uh, chains that kind of hold the trailer uh, attached to your truck, even though the arm kind of let go from the towing hitch. And so I, I, it was there, but dragging across the road, and so it didn't get away from me, because if I didn't have those safety chains there, that thing just would have rolled on into wherever, somebody's car, somebody's house. I don't know, it would have been dangerous and scary. And I'm having a, a, a panic moment. I break, and sure enough, man, you know, it's not going to break with me. The trailer just comes and smashes right into the truck. And I ruin both my truck, and I ruin the trailer. So it's a double whammy. It's just, mm. But anyways, uh, um, I didn't really see at the time um, how this little pin was necessary to uh, the hookup of this trailer. And of course, I paid not only financially, but I was quite embarrassed as well. I paid deeply uh, for that. And um, I, I can't help but to think that if I have not love in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, it is like not for me having that pin, you know, that I needed. It's, it, it seems at, 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 like when I saw it and it dropped into the abyss of tall glass, I was like, surely it's just a little pin. What could it do? to hold this massive trailer on my truck. It's, it, it's got to be, it's, it's just, I, don't know, it's, I don't know what it is, but it's got to be insignificant. Lo and behold, it was not insignificant because it actually would keep that latch locked. So when I hit bumps, that trailer wouldn't pop off my truck. And I, I can't help that, to think that this is what we do with love in the charismatic world, the charismatic church. We, we see it as somewhat, you know, what, why is that necessary? What, 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 I mean, of course, maybe, maybe you don't see that. Maybe you just don't see the importance of it at all. And let me say, both places are dangerous. I could have all the details re right regarding the hookup, but if I didn't have this little pin, and I didn't, things went very crazy. I could have all the gifts, right, for faith and flourishing. I, I could have all the gifts for witnessing, right? I mean, you think about you, you, you think about the gifts uh, uh, manifested in Acts uh, 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 when the Spirit of God's poured out in Acts chapter 2. And I mean, these guys are prophets. Like the Spirit comes on them and they start speaking in unknown languages. Like in, 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 in tourists that have come to celebrate, uh, they're, they're, they're hearing the gospel preached in their own language from these, uh, these, these Jewish men. And it's fascinating. And God does something uh, so powerful. You think of Peter just a couple moments later standing and boldly, uh, prophetically standing and preaching the truth. truth and 3,000 uh, people get added to the church in just one day. Now, friends, that is pretty significant. Sorry, I'm spinning everywhere. I probably shouldn't even, you know, make you aware that I am, but I know you are aware, and that makes me feel even worse. But, but these are the gifts that really matter, right? I mean, isn't that what we hail as so remarkable in the charismatic church, right? Just some people who can prophesy. After all, it worked in the book of Acts. And we obsess, and we, in our obsession, forget about this small little detail. 
small little detail that those gifts are nothing, absolutely meaningless, nothing without the gift of love. No wonder some of the things that we're trying to do as a church, I'm not picking on Hilltop Church, um, but, but are not working, you know? Like maybe it's not that we're not prophetic enough. Maybe it's not that we're not filled with the Spirit enough. Maybe what we're really lacking here in 2021 is love. The greatest, Paul said of these, is love. I underestimate the usefulness of love. I look at all the other things as more significant. God, just make me a prophetic man. <laughs> you know, just put that gift of prophecy on me, God. If I have that, then ooh, nothing will hold me back. God, just, just give me your Holy Spirit. And I, I am all for those things. I, hear me. Like I am a tongue-talking, Holy Spirit-loving. I, I will be the first one there wanting to get a word from the prophet. I, I am there, John, sign me up. Not, not, I don't know if your name is John here, but, but, I, but I'm for it. I'm not against it. But I'm, but I'm also realizing that um, there's other things involved with, with making those gifts uh, more precious, more powerful, more mighty in the hands of God. And I, and I think it has to do with our love for one another. Is, is ultimately the missing um, pin, if you would, um, that the church needs desperately. Brotherly love is needed and necessary for the good of man and the glory of God, we, we, right? I mean, they will know you are my disciples. God will get the glory. His son will, will get the glory. They, they'll see something different and say, why? And, and, and in searching out and investigating, they will find Christ, much like I did. Okay, and I, and I have tons of testimonies, friends like that, who are, who are their first um, kind of attraction and what they found the most appealing of the church is that they loved and that got them hooked and they went Sunday after Sunday or Wednesday after Wednesday to youth group and finally God gripped the hold, grabbed the hold of their hearts and saved them. Amen. And this is where I'll wrap it up and, and, and we'll end here. Uh, you know, what, what we're trying to do these last couple of weeks is just kind of build a foundation. I know when we hear um, the term love thy neighbor, we're probably thinking, you know, maybe a little bit different than, uh, you know, of some texts that maybe, maybe that are more like um, evangelistically driven and whatnot. Um, but man, we have to get the foundation right. And I believe this is us just doing that. Like we're, we're reminding ourselves of these ancient commands and truths. And we're realizing that no matter what efforts we do evangelistically, if they are not tethered and married and coupled to love, we might as well not do it. And I, I just want to get the foundation right. Because I, 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 I believe God is redirecting us to be a, more, uh, to be a church who, who reaches out I mean, we've always had that as a church, but I think now with things normalizing, God is like, like provoking us and prompting us to get more active and, and really intentionally loving our neighbors. 
in a way where, it, where it's not just like, oh, brother, I love you, but we're going and meeting needs, loving people, preaching the gospel, you know, inviting friends to church, you know, inviting family members to church. That's what I mean. And I think there has never been a more important time in our culture than now to talk about this subject of love. It seems, as I said in the beginning, it's more popular to divide and despise one another over the most ridiculous things. And, and, and I think love comes in, biblical, godly love comes in, uh, and it reveals um, the most meaningful person, and that is Christ. And, and that's, that's the heart of what we desire to come out of this. It's not just that we can have some kind of love session. We want Christ to be seen, right? You know, we're not talking, you know, we're not talking about another Jesus hippie movement, you know, we're, we're, although if God does that, so be it. But we're really, our objective here is that Christ will be seen. That's it. That's it. And then we let him do the rest. Let's pray. Father, I, I've done the best I can with what you've given us and today in your word. And I'm right now looking to the Holy Spirit to do the rest. Uh, I have tried my best to communicate, God, and I'm sure there's some holes. I maybe skipped and went too fast in places. But, Lord, I, I ask, God, that the heart of what uh, you wanted to articulate and, and put across to this community today would be there, God, that it would transform us, Lord, that we wouldn't just be hearers of the word. God, keep us, Lord, from that. But let us also be doers, Lord. Let us put to action, God, the things that we're hearing preached and, and proclaimed in the pulpit, God. I pray right now, God, that we would grow and mature in love for one another. God, that when we, we look at Paul and his definition of love, that love is patient and love is kind, that love en endures all, hopes all. Father, I pray that's the way our love would look as a church. God, I pray that right now, God, if, that if any of us uh, fall short, I pray that your grace would come, equip us and empower us, God, to love deeply. So much division in the church, Father. And you've given us the answer. You've given us the answer of how to be reconciled and not divided, not offended. You, you told us to love, God. And Lord, we imagine that your son had every opportunity to become offended and not love the people he was serving and leading. But God, we have an example with Christ that's not true. He stayed committed he fiercely loved the people and he exhorted them to go now and do the same, to love one another. And I thank you, God, that this love comes with a special caveat. It comes with Jesus being seen. Lord, that's our, that's our, our, our desire. We want your son to be seen. Well, we don't know what's gonna come of that, it may be assuming that salvation might be the result as it was for me. Maybe for some it won't, God. But nevertheless, Lord, our objective is that Christ be glorified, that Christ be seen. And, and if, it, if it matters, if it means that we love one another just so Christ can be seen and we press past some of our petty offenses and ridiculousness, so be it, God. Help us to love like Jesus loved. 
I imagine there's so many things that need to go into that, like forgiveness and patience, God. Catch us up, God. Mature us, God, I pray right now. Mature. Mature us, God, by the Spirit of God. Cause our love to be deep and meaningful. And Lord, before we go out into the world and love them, Father, I ask, Lord, that we would be excellent in our love for one another. I ask, God, that you would perfect us even by the work of your Spirit. Perfect us in the gift of love that we would love one another and press past our differences. And pressing past those differences. The only goal was not that I was right. It's not that I, I got my point across. And it's not that I got back at them. It's that, oh, the, the only thing by truly forgiving and loving one, loving one another was that Christ was seen. Christ was seen through that relationship that almost ended because of offense. Christ was seen. Is that not enough? Father, let it be enough for us. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.